Happy New Year. You may be seated. I can't tell you how excited I am to see what God does in my life, in your life, in the life of our church, and in the kingdom during the year of 2022. Today, we're starting that series, Plot Twist. As Pastor Rodney mentioned, we're going to jump into the life of Joseph. So if you would, turn with me to Genesis chapter 37. We're going to be starting at verse 2 and get right into the scripture. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. So we're going to stop there for a second. This is the story of Joseph. You may or may not know it, but during this time frame, Joseph would actually go on to save the known world during that time. Save the world from famine, indeed. So it's his story, but it's also the story of Israel. This is Moses writing to a group of ex-slaves as they are leaving Egypt. It's a part of the Torah or the Pentateuch that explains the heritage of Israel. Really, Joseph's story is Israel's story. Let's look at a few comparisons. He is the reason that they were born in Egypt. Joseph. And like them, he was a slave in Egypt before them. He also saw God's providence in his ascension from slave to the savior of the world. And we all know the savior of the world, right? Jesus Christ, who came out of the bloodline of the children of Israel to save all humanity. Picking up in verse three, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had made a gift for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. So Joseph was Jacob's favorite son, who was born to his favorite wife. And he gave him this robe and treated him better than his brothers. Jacob was not doing his son Joseph any favors when it comes to his brothers hating him. And we get a life illustration out of this. Just a little life principle for you. Some advice that if you avoid having favorite kids and favorite wives. Probably just stick to one wife. You'll avoid a lot of problems in life. We're going to move on. Verse five. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. 
Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you'll reign over us? Soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. The title of today's message is Dream Come True. Have you ever had a dream come true? I know we've all had dreams. At some point in life, we may have given up on them, but we've had some sort of a dream. I've had a friend, a pastor friend of mine actually, whom we mostly know, who's not with us today, Pastor Sampson, tell me kind of a weird dream that he had. That he was dreaming that he was preaching with no pants on and woke up petrified because it was so real to him. Thank God that dream did not come true. You may have heard the saying lately, don't quit your daydream. It means don't abandon your dreams. And these are the kind of dreams that I'm talking about. God dreams. Dreams that stretch us and grow us to become more like God and do the things in life that he desires for us. That could be a dream to be financially free so that you could give more money to the kingdom of God and see God do amazing things through it. It could be a dream to be physically healthy so that you could enjoy more time in life with the ones that you love and care for. It could be a dream to own your own home so that you could gather others around and grow old and host people at your home and build the kingdom in that way. I'm talking God-sized dreams like going on a missions trip or helping with a church plant, serving the poor, starting a nonprofit, starting a North group. God dreams. I believe as we're starting this new year that God has put some dreams in your heart, things that he wants to help you accomplish. And there's some things that we can learn from Joseph to help us with that. First of all, Joseph's dreams set him apart. Neither his brother nor his parents understood or even liked Joseph's dreams. When he shared his dreams, they heard pride and arrogance and greed. Now, if we look through scripture, we don't see a track record of those things in Joseph's life, but that is how they perceived what he was saying. It wasn't just Jacob bragging on or boasting that created a chasm between Joseph and his brothers. It was his dreams. Now note this, 
Joseph essentially has the same dream twice. We actually see this twin dream pattern happen a few more times in Joseph's life. And later on in life, when he's standing before Pharaoh, he's explaining why these dreams come in pairs. And this is what Joseph says in Genesis 41, 32. I'm just going to read this one to you. He says, the reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. God is confirming the first dream with the second and he is showing him that what is about to happen is going to happen soon. And Joseph's family is well aware of this two dream thing. And it is making them more upset. So Joseph was set apart. He was different from the rest of his family. You know, when you have a God dream, it seems like you're going to be seen or treated different than others. And some of you have made a commitment this year to, to tithe to North Church. Or maybe you made a commitment to give to Heart for His House. You may not be aware of it but you're doing something that's different than 90% of the people that are around you and you could be viewed different and your family might treat you different because of that. Talking God dreams to set you apart. Some of you are gonna to decide to be a part of this fast that we're starting up next week. Your coworkers might look at you a little crazy when you come to the lunch table with nothing. Or for you hardcore carnivores that usually have meat and you come with your salad because you're on the Daniel fast during that 21 days, you may be looked at differently. God is setting you apart. Some of you are working to be healthy or you're working out and there may be people in your life that are looking at you like you're taking things too far. No, God is setting you apart. Some of you are thinking, I need to have better practice in my relationships. I'm going to stop staying the night with my girlfriend. I'm going to stop staying the night with my boyfriend. I'm going to wait for marriage. I'm talking about being set apart. Have you ever noticed that people have a tendency to want to bring you down to their level? We all do it. Someone is making good choices and decisions, so we kind of make them feel bad and pull them down to whatever normal is. It's very human. But God calls us to be holy, to be separated, to be set apart. That's not normal. Several years ago, I felt like God asked me to stop watching television. I watched lots of baseball, kind of grew up. TV was a part of my life, my entire life. And I was consumed with watching television. God was asking me to stop watching television so I could replace that with growing in his word and reading scripture and reading books and educating myself and growing and developing as a leader, a father, a husband, all of the above. So I did that. I remember going on a trip 
in visiting one of my friends, a mentor of mine. And as I was telling him what God had been doing in my life during that time, he looked at me and he said, you know you don't have to do that, right? Now, I know he didn't mean anything by that. But that's how we do things. Try to pull people back down to normal. Away from the things that God is trying to do in their life. And I want to resist that and not do that. Let's keep reading. We're going to pick up the story where Jacob sends Joseph to go check on his brothers at verse 18. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. And as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Joseph was hated for his dream. Verse 20, come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. And then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. They grabbed him and they threw him in the cistern. A cistern is just simply a well. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. Finally, a little voice of reason, right? And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Second note is Joseph's dreams set him up. If Joseph had no dreams, no goals, no ambition, his brothers would not have gone after him. They wouldn't have attacked him. They would not have hated him. Joseph was set for life. Because in Joseph's day, the right of wearing that custom coat, that technicolor dream coat, and leading the other brothers fell to the eldest brother. Jacob was grooming Joseph to be the ruler. But God knew that in order for Joseph to accomplish his dreams, that there needed to be some pain and hurt in his life to help develop him. He went from having the life to being thrown in an abandoned well. There's a difference in life, being blessed by God or being lucky. Luck is happenstance. I've had people say, Clint's just lucky. You've probably had people say that about you. 
But the blessings of God come with hurt and pain and resilience and long suffering and standing in there and praying and believing and trusting God that he is going to be the one that exalts you and blesses your life. I've learned in my life that trials can help me learn and that I could either go to the wilderness or God will put me there. You see, you choose suffering or suffering will choose you. That's a principle that's found throughout scripture and really throughout history. Let's pick back up in verse 31 here. Then the brothers killed the young goat and dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message. Look at what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? The deceit just makes me cringe when I'm reading that. The father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said, it is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was the captain of the palace guard. God's doing something. Number three, Joseph's dreams set him on a path. In order for Joseph's dream to come true, he had to be set on a new path. God uses suffering to set us on path and he uses the path to lead us to his providence. His ending, the end result that he desires for your life and for my life. Could Joseph had done everything that he had done in his life if he would have continued in his father's path? The answer is no. As parents, I guess I'll speak for myself. As a parent, sometimes I try to make life easy on my kids. I think Jacob definitely was making life easy on Joseph. But Joseph would have never developed into the man of character that he was if he didn't have to endure the suffering that he went through to bring about that character. We talk about Joseph's dream, but just think about how Jacob feels at this point. What about his dream? I think his son, Joseph, was probably his dream. And it's dead and gone. All of his hopes all of his dreams, they've died. But we know that's not the end of the story. 
We know that's not the end of the path. We know that one day Jacob would see his son again and he would have the royal robes of Egypt on and Joseph would save the world. Could you imagine how that made his father feel when that all came about? My son Jensen, he's had a dream since he was an eighth grader. His dream was to become a college athlete. And he's always been one of those kids that he had the athletic ability. He excelled at most of the things that he was a part of and would work at and did a good job with that. He saw a lot of success early on in that career as he began running track and decided that he wanted to be a hurdler, which means a lot to me because when I was in high school, I, I ran the 110 high hurdlers. I was a hurdler. Now my son's running hurdles. Man, he started working at it. He was successful, was winning meets, doing a good job. We got about to sophomore year of high school, kind of stalled out a little bit. Wasn't moving forward much but he kept working at it. And then we come into junior year. He's all excited about running junior year. We go to the first track meet. He, he actually had a great run there. And then bam, COVID-19 hits. And the entire junior year track season is completely gone. So to be real with you, he had really given up on his dream of becoming a college athlete coming into senior year. He continued to work hard and put the effort in, but he was just gonna finish strong. He started having some success, did a great job at Regions. I'll never forget Mother's Day 2021. I had just left church. We were going to have lunch at my house with family. And I looked down at my phone and I, you know, my phone's on silent. I go, I'm in church. People, put your phone on silent. Just saying. I look down at the phone and it's a voicemail that I'm not expecting. It's my old high school track coach, Ford Maston, who has now been the track and field coach at Oklahoma Baptist University for the past 25 years or so. That's weird. I haven't talked to him in years. So I call him back, walk in the other room, call him back. Coach, what's going on? Hey, Clint, who's this Smith kid that I've been reading about? Is that your son? How about you and Jensen come to OBU this week and meet with me? I would like to give him a scholarship to come run track at Oklahoma Baptist University. Wow. You want to talk about seeing someone's life, steps being ordered by God. The next week, Jensen goes on to place second place in the 110 high hurdles in class 6A 
in the state of Oklahoma and ran his first meet a few weeks back in Division II college. His dreams are coming true. The crazy thing about that, like Jacob, I'm seeing my son's dreams come true, so then my dreams come true. I'm telling you this today because I believe that there are people in this room, that there are people online, that there are people at other locations that are joining us and you have given up on your dream. Your dream has died, but God is saying, I want to resurrect your dream. I want to do something special in your life and I can order your steps and lead you through. And then there's another group of people in here that you've not even started your dreams. God wants to do something in your life. He does. I want to invite our prayer team forward. If you need prayer for anything, they're here for you to minister to you and to believe with you. And they love praying about dreams coming true. Would you stand with me? I want to pray a prayer over all of us that we would agree that God would help our dreams come true, that he would lead us and give us courage as we walk into those dreams. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. We love you so much. We thank you for the one true dream come true, Jesus Christ, your son, that you sent so that we could walk with you and be with you and have relationship with you. Lord, if there's anyone here today that they're not following you, God, I pray that you would invite them to that and that they would share that with someone else that's around them or one of these prayer team members. And Lord, I pray for those that their dreams have been dead, Lord. Resurrect them, God. Help them to continue to believe in what you've asked of them and the dreams that you have put before them, Lord. And for those that haven't started their dreams, Jesus, now is the time, Lord. We give these things to you in Christ's name. Amen.